We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Hey everyone. Hi, my name is Siope. I'm one of the hosts here at the Smarter Parenting Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Today we're going to talk about ADHD and the brain. We're going to talk about why role-playing is such an important skill for a parent to use with children who have ADHD. And also with any children that you may have, role-playing is one of the most effective ways to help your child learn new behaviors and adopt those behaviors so it becomes second nature to them. And it's one that a lot of parents struggle with because they either feel uncomfortable with it or they're unsure about how to go about it. So we are going to talk about, first off, the brain, specifically the ADHD brain and the overall functioning of the brain, what makes that brain different. We are going to talk about why it's important to role play, and then we will talk about role playing. So those are the three things we will cover during this podcast. Now, in order to understand the brain of an ADHD person, it's important to understand what today ADHD is looked at. When you go to a professional and they're talking about ADHD, ADHD is recognized as a childhood onset neurodevelopmental disorder associated with delayed development of key regions of the brain and altered communication between specialized regions of the brain. Now, in order to understand that, we have to look at uh, the different areas or the key regions of the brain. So, this is an overview of how your brain looks. So, if you were to take your hand and make a fist and uh, look at that, let's imagine that that is your brain. You have the outer cortex there, uh, and the front part of your brain is the frontal lobe. Uh, and the frontal lobe is involved with the regulation of body movement, speech, intellect, cognition, and emotion. So that part does a lot. It functions a lot. With people with ADHD, uh, they have found when they have scanned their brains, have a smaller brain. The frontal lobe of the brain may mature a few, few years later than normal. It's a little underdeveloped. It's a little uh, less firm. It doesn't have uh, as much of the structure, let's say, of other children of that age. And so there's a lot of decision-making things that are happening. Now, when people look at ADHD and they think, oh, it's just a behavioral thing. No, there's a, there is a brain issue that is happening. And how do we work with the brain in order to help strengthen that part of the brain? That's why role-playing is so effective. So we have that side of the brain, the prefrontal lobe. Now behind that is the parietal lobe, and it's located behind that prefrontal cortex on the top of the brain. This region of the brain is involved with the integration of sensory information and complex movement. The occipital lobe is located in the back of the brain, and receives and processes visual information. The temporal lobe is located on both sides of the brain about at ear level. Now the right side of the lobe interprets visual images and memory, whereas the left side is involved with understanding language and interpretation of other people's emotions. Together, these four lobes and the cerebral cortex support brain activity. Okay. So, the overall brain itself is a fine, well-tuned machine 
that, that needs to be consistently working in order to make sense of the world. Now, when you are having deficits or issues with the prefrontal lobe, which is involved with the regulation of body movement, speech, intellect, cognition, and emotion, it affects everything else that is happening with uh, your child and their reaction to things in the world. So this brings me to uh, role-playing and why role-playing is so essential when you're working with children who have ADHD or any child, really, when you want to teach them new behaviors. What happens when you role-play something is you are exercising that muscle and you are creating pathways that help the mind stay focused on the task at hand and to not be hijacked by distraction or by noises or by anything outside of what the focus behavior is. So when you are role-playing how to respond to somebody appropriately, when you teach your child that and you practice it, the more you practice, the stronger it becomes. I've used this example before, but it's like playing the piano. You can't just sit down at the piano and think you know how to play. You actually have to practice. And what happens is you start to build up muscle memory in your fingers. And these things start to become more automatic in your responses. And it allows you some freedom for interpretation. If you think about even professional musicians, they will take time to practice. And when they perform, they're not just showing up without having done some work beforehand. They actually have spent quite a bit of time. So a performance that may last an hour, they may have spent already, you know, maybe a month working on a piece to fine tune the piece. So when they do perform it, there are things that are automatic and there are things that are open for interpretation that they can use but they are so familiar with it, it makes it easier for them. When we role play with children, this is exactly what we are doing. We are helping them practice what it is that they need to do in order to stay focused and on task. And what happens with parents who role play consistently is that children will find comfort in the role play because it gives them a space where they can try something out that's new and they can make a mistake and it's still a safe place for them to make a mistake. Now, the biggest hang up a lot of people have is that they are uncomfortable role-playing with their children a situation. I am here to tell you that children learn through play. If you think about a young child, their whole learning experience as they are growing up is entirely through play and making things up. They, they sit in a sandbox with their friends. They're just creating things. Those things aren't real, but they are. that's how they learn. That's how they interact with the world around them. And so, you, really, role-playing is like helping them access uh, a language they already know and that is innately in children in their learning you'll find that younger children are more apt to role-playing than older children. And with older children, sometimes they say, well, let's just practice this. And instead of saying role-playing, because it means something different to older kids who are into video games. So I would say, you know, let's practice this. This is what I expect. Let me show you how to do it. 
and then you show me just the way that I did it, so I'm sure that you understand, and then we would do it. Now, what's important is don't make it a big deal. You just want to make it more natural in your interactions that, hey, this is what we're going to do in order to be sure that we're clear on what the expectations are. Now, the role-playing skill on Smarter Parenting is one that I highly recommend you go watch. It's about eight minutes long. You will see examples of how to do this with your children. It gives you suggestions on things that you need to do. What's important in a practice, in a role play, is that you as the parent are going to take the initiative to react the way that you want the child to react, to demonstrate to them first your expectation. After that, they are going to repeat it back because they've visually seen it, they've heard it auditorially because of your communication with each other, and they've experienced it through the role play. And again, the more you practice, the stronger those connections are in helping them move forward. So it's important to be able to do that. Now, when you're dealing with the brain, when we're talking about ADHD and the brain, we're saying that there are certain areas that are more challenging. It doesn't mean that their brain is dysfunctional um, to the point that they can't function. It just means they're going to need some additional help and guidance along the way, and you can help. You can help them with this by role-playing, by practicing. So if you're one of those parents that struggles with role-playing, I highly suggest you practice it first in the mirror. Become more comfortable with it because the comfort you bring to a practice is what your child is going to exhibit back. Be very comfortable with it. And it doesn't have to be a big production. We're not putting on, you know, costumes and makeup. It's just, let me demonstrate what it is that I expect from you, then you demonstrate it and we'll see if that's correct. And if there are corrections, I can make those. And if not, then that's exactly what I expect. And then you continually practice. The more you practice that expected behavior for a specific issue, the more likely your child is going to be able to fall back on that expectation when things are difficult for them. All right. So role-playing. Very important. Jump over to the Smarter Parenting website where you can check it out. We want to thank our sponsors, the Utah Youth Village and Alpine Academy. If you're unfamiliar with the work of the Utah Youth Village and Alpine Academy, uh, they're our sponsor company. And Smarter Parenting is a division of uh, the Utah Youth Village. They've done work with children for over 60 years, helping children in need. And so this is Smarter Parenting is an outreach of how we can help the world and the children of the world and parents of the world. So very, very grateful for their uh, help, their donations, and their support in our efforts to help families and strengthen them wherever they may be. That's it from me, and I will talk to you again later. Thanks. Bye. Bye.